Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. On today's show, we fear there is no chink in Liverpool's armour as Man City capitulated home to Leicester and the hot seat warms up on Frankie Boy's bum. Hello, hello, and we are back for another episode of the Pod of Two Halves, where we discuss all things football-related and inevitably, and definitely not planned, some sports that occur across the other side of the pond. But, sticking with the football, it's been a weekend full of goals and controversy, as the new handball rule continues to wreak havoc in the Premier League. We'll delve into a few of the bigger games this weekend, we'll catch up on the thoughts of Mr Woods and Signor Carden Edwards, but before we do that, we should actually say hello to the guys. So I'm going to go to you, Woods, first over there. Any baby update? Uh, baby update. Still no baby yet. Uh, we are two days from due date. So um, any moment could. I have been thinking about this. This could happen during the podcast where I get a phone call and I've got to be like, got a dash, guys. That'd be pretty good content, right? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? I mean, you have to get to the hospital and then just say, I've just got to go back now. To I've got, send to, fit, got to finish the pod. <laughs> got to, got to, no, just got to send Mikey the file. Oh, yeah, I would. <laughs> Laptop better come with me for that circumstance, yeah. you got a wife in the waiting room, hospital. just like, hang on a second. Shut up. <laughs> Can you keep it down? <laughs> Recording a podcast here. Yeah, but no baby yet. Should be soon, hopefully. We don't have a baby update from you, do we? No, there are no baby updates from me. Okay. But all good elsewhere, you know? All, all, is, all is fine elsewhere. I visited the wonderful land of Colchester at the weekend to see some pals of ours. And uh, yeah, I played cards. Is it cards against humanity for the Good first game. time? Good game. Right. Now, I just want to bring this up quickly on the pod. You've heard of this game before, haven't you, Woods? I played this game before. Right. You, uh, for people of kind of um, our age, you would expect that you'd have heard of this game before. It's Abs- quite a prominent absolutely. game. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a very popular game amongst people sort of our age. Well, I came home from my uh, trip to Colchester and I said to Lee, well, I played that cards against humanity game. Not a Scooby. 
Never heard of it, mate. Apparently, it's, it was all over Facebook. Everyone was Facebooking their, their oh, pictures this, of this game. I mean, it's game. very old now, like this. It's, it's, it, the, 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 it's a good game, but it always very dependent on who's playing the game because, obviously, the, the person who's in control gets to decide what's the funniest. And usually, it very much depends on if that person has a sense of humour or not, i.e., some people just put stuff that doesn't make sense and it makes them laugh because Jimmy Savile. Yeah, or <laughs> Gary Glitter. And that, it, it, that, that drives me mad, mate, when I've constructed a joke that it actually works and it's just like, just the, the answer was Gary Glitter and that person thinks it's hilarious. And it's like, you know what? You shouldn't play the game. <laughs> um, I feel like I do need to play the game. Maybe when there's the next reunion, I'll get involved. It, it's very amusing. I think it'd be up your street. Oh, absolutely. I, I think Lee would love it. We could, What's it called again? Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've got it. I've, I have literally got it here. Um, <laughs> we, we can't play it here because it'd be weird. Because like you don't have no cards, so it just wouldn't work, Lee. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say really because <laughs> I don't really know anything about the game. I mean, the description sounds like you know I'm going to be talking about paedophiles, so it doesn't it doesn't sound great. I, I, how much do we want to get into this? I, it, okay, so there's there's a question card that comes out, and you get basically dealt ten answer cards. And they range for everything. It could be anything. And, and it's kind of like a question card will come out, and I, I can't think of a very good example off the top of my head, but you have to kind of make something funny in the answer. So you've got the answer card to the question. So, uh, Mikey, you've got an example? It may just be like, you know, um, I stepped in blank on my way home. Yes. And it would just be, and you've got like, you know, 10 potential answers that could be. And whoever plays the funniest card, as depended by the guy, as decided by the guy who asked the question, they're all, all girl. And, oh, yes. uh, and then, um, then, then you get the point. Okay, basically. so using Wood's example, so if it was like a, your question, but with Gary Glitter, that's not very funny, is it? No, but someone, depending on who it is, may well find that funny. And that's where I get angry because what's the point in playing the game if you're going to laugh at that and reward points for that? Genuinely, we did this once a long time ago with my work colleagues and one of my work colleagues is a fucking child and basically found everything toilet humour related which made no sense, just the best thing. I'm not alone in this. Craig, Craig, Craig crucially, was on my side of this. So, you know, it just you, you construct a perfect joke out of these 10 cards that you have and yet you're just going to give it to this person because he said Jimmy Savile. <laughs> okay. I don't understand how the points work. I don't, so, what, if there is, so if the if the person who's asking the questions chooses your answer as the funniest one and they don't know who says it because you just put them face down and then he just reads all of the so answers. So it's based on opinion? Exactly. Right. Or who, well, but, you know, whoever gets the... If, if one gets the most laughs around the table... So it's subjective yeah, and it's not like actually based on actual things you can... Go against. Well, humour tends to be subjectively. <laughs> okay, okay. Also, I did see the irony, Mike. It was very clever that you were kind of like guy or woman, which obviously the, the, the person that then becomes the uh, the the holder of the question is the person who happened to be funniest joke on the last time around, which then necess- basically means that no woman has ever been in that position because... <sighs> didn't... <sighs> Wow. That was like a Cards Against Humanity preview there. That's, that's the kind of level of depravity we sink to in that game. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I feel pretty well, safe in the fact that we've lost zero listeners, though. <laughs> well, let's try and get some listeners back. Let's talk about some football rather than this Cards Against Humanity. 
Um, so we've uh, we mentioned, obviously, we're going to be talking about some of the bigger games um, that happened over the weekend. And there probably seems no better place to start than at the Etihad. I think yeah, it was at the Etihad, wasn't it? it? Was. Where um, City, were, they were pretty much given a good drubbing by Leicester City and uh, saw Pep Guardiola witness one of his teams concede five goals in a match for the first time. Um, now, at the beginning of the season, my, my two wonderful colleagues here, I'm pretty sure you both tipped City to uh, actually win, win the league. Um, probably, or I don't know if it's too early, but you know, probably not the case. Um, so are we jumping the gun? given it is only three games into this season, you know, and City have only, actually only played two. But the question I'm going to put to you, Mr Woods, is do City need to pump more money into this squad to go from pretenders to contenders? It's, it's mad that that's a question, bearing in mind how much money this team has spent. Um, but when I look at that starting eleven and indeed the squad depth, they are missing so much, so, so much. And obviously they... They've started to address a position of weakness, which has obviously been the partner to Laporte uh, with um, Ruben Diaz, football manager legend. Um, and I certainly see that as a massive upgrade on everything else at the club to partner Laporte. But after spending, uh, what is it, £150 million pounds on fullbacks, I think they need two new fullbacks. Um, they're all garbage. They're, they're terrible. I mean, I, I feel for ben, Benjam- Benjamin Mendy because. He came in and he was so electric and so exciting. And those two knee injuries have effectively relegated him to being um, manager of the Man City Twitter account, effectively. He's social media manager. That's all he's good for at this point because he's just not very good at football anymore. Uh, the centre midfield, Fernandinho has obviously been ageing now and he's he's been exceptional for them. Uh, they buy in an heir apparent in Rodri who's just utter garbage. Like, I don't know what Rodri does. I don't understand. The only thing I can work out why he doesn't get criticism is because no one really cares because he plays for Man City. Uh, They've got... (laughs) And then they haven't replaced Leroy Sané. I really don't think Pep understood how important Leroy Sané was to his team. Well, he's a future Ballon d'Or. And he still is, potentially. (laughs) He's running out of years. No, I will say I've watched a lot of Bayern Munich over the last couple of weeks. He's amazing. He is amazing. Because the thing, the difference between him and Raheem Sterling is Sterling relies on opportunities being provided to him. And he's very good at getting into the right spot at the right time to, to put the ball in the net. Sane can create those opportunities for himself. And I don't feel they've really got a player in their team that's that dynamic to do that. Maris is exceptional. He's a very good footballer, but I don't think he has the dynamism that Sane brings to be able to kind of take a ball from the halfway, drive through a team and, and score a goal, create an opportunity. And then you get to the centre-forward spot because Aguero's out injured. Uh, Jesus, uh, firstly, I don't think he's good enough to fill the boots of Sergio Aguero. And he's always injured. So now they've got no one to play up front. I, you could argue that they need to address the defensive midfield, full-back, both of them, and the centre-forward spot. And that, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing much business in that. That's it. It's going to be a lot of money. And... It's an awful lot of money because you're talking about having to invest in top level, so top level fullbacks, fifty million a piece. But they've already invest, made some investments in the squad, though. You know, Ake was forty million, was 40 he? Forty million. Um, the Spanish winger, Ferran Torres. Yeah, Ferran Torres. He was another twenty odd million. He was going on thirty. It's a lot of money they've already spent. Apparently, they wouldn't go in for the likes of Koulibaly because he was too much money. So, how much is Ruben Diaz? 63. Yeah, 63. And they've, they've managed to off still set that with 15 million pounds of Otamendi, which is great business, by the way. Um, 
I'm sorry, how much was it saying? Say that again? They managed to shift Otamendi for 15, 1 5. I thought you said 50. Yeah, I, 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 when, when your reaction went that way, I was like, he's definitely not heard me right. Yeah. <laughs> but Shifting look, for any money is, is a result. Yeah. If, yeah. if anyone has ever watched Otamendi, this is it. I mean, he, worth that. he may well be fine playing in the Portuguese league. It'll probably suit him. But I, I think they're miles off. And I don't, looking back at where we were a couple of weeks ago, and we sat here confidently saying, oh, yes, Man City will definitely bounce back and they'll be Premier League champions. I, 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 they're miles away. I, I, I don't think I've been more wrong about anything on this pod. And I've been wrong about a lot. Is there, is there any questions about Pep Guardiola as well and his tactics? I'll go to you, Mikey. What, you, know, did you, you saw the game at the weekend. You know, it's kind of... I don't know, we see it week in, week out at City. It's kind of the same old tactics and it doesn't seem to be a lack of, well, a plan B. But is that because obviously the players that they haven't got in the team? Um, I, I disagree with Woods, I have to say. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I think Man City are fine. I have no issue with I, I really do. I mean, obviously we, we um, are going to disagree on this. I think they just... I think I think right. So I'll try. Let me try and run through this. How much time do we have? All right, we're good. We're good. Okay. So, um, I think against Leicester City, essentially they were sucker punched, um, and I don't. Th- I think they really, really struggled with not having a centre forward. Um, they played Raheem Sterling up top, and he isn't a centre forward. Do you know what I mean? He's just not a centre forward in any way, shape, or form. No, absolutely not. And it was um, noticeable that he brought on the kid, didn't he? The seventeen-year-old Liam, De- is it Liam Delap? Yeah, the Rory's son, right? Is it? Is yeah, it? Is it? yeah, he's yeah, Rory Delap's yeah. kid. Yeah. Apparently, he's meant to be absolute mustard. But... I don't care. We're <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna do it. Um, and so I think. I mean, I agree with the fullbacks. I, th- I do think that. Um, Kyle Walker still shows, still has powers of recovery. Like he's still quick. He um, can get back I'm, in, but I just he just looks liable to errors. Oh, no, I would say I've never rated him going forward uh, at all. Uh, we remember the England game where he would just get to the byline and just stop every time. Anyway, um, I still think they've got pieces there. De Bruyne is still the best player in the league. Um, Bernardo Silva, if he has a if he has a season that wasn't like last season, has a season like he did before. Then I think there'll be money there because he's, he's he's an he's exceptional player. player yeah. um, they've got a really young talent in Ferran Torres. I'm excited to see how he does. I think the the addition of Ruben Diaz, and I'm using my football manager knowledge here. Um, I went through a few. Oh God, it must have been a couple of months ago on the pod with you, Woods. We did. We went through. And this. I talked through all of the centre halves on Football Manager, the ones that are highly rated as of that time, and all of the ones with the highest potential rating. And Ruben Diaz is it. There is no other centre half. So you're saying like he's like the, going to be the equivalent of Van Dijk to Liverpool. He's going well, to make that. I, I, but the, the issue is the only issue is with this is that I think he's going to have a high ceiling, but whether there's going to be patience afforded to him. That, that's that's the key. Um, I think if he has Laporte next to him all year long, that's perfect. And if he has a screening of Fernandinho and Rodri. That's perfect. I do think that you shouldn't be playing both of them together. Absolutely I think not. that's an absolute death bell. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's just completely... A death knell? Death bell? What is it? Death knell, yeah. Death knell, exactly. I said it wrong. Thank you, Woods. Um, so I do think they need someone... I think they need a centre midfielder. I think it's time to ship Fernandinho out to pasture, personally. And I think it's time to actually give Rodri the reins and see what he can do. Um, I'm not willing to write him off just yet, if I'm honest. Um but I do think they need a centre midfielder that has a bit more to him. Um, if I was them, I don't know why. That, I said this before. Throw some money at Harry Kane and then throw some money at Chelsea to get Kante. 
Yeah. And they were they I, I think they they would challenge a lot a lot closer. My, but my I mean issue, this goes back I, to my point. I mean effectively what I said they need a centre forward, right? They need that. I mean, how long is Aguero out for? He's out for two months. Oh, no. So the how long is Jesus out for? And Jesus is out for three weeks. Yeah. And this is, oh, this, yeah, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem they've got. Um, and Because you're completely right. You can probably... You, the, the fullbacks are, are probably being overkill on them. They're passable. I think they're going to kill you in games as they no, did at the I'm weekend. I'm supporting you, Woods. I'm sorry, I'm going to come in there. I support you. Watching that game against Leicester, I thought both Walker and Mendy were poor. And the, given the way that Guardiola likes to play, he likes mm. them fullback pushed up. They're offering nothing going forward. No, they're not. They're, 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 and the thing is, we know that Zinchenko isn't good enough or wasn't good enough. He, he's gone, hasn't he? And um, Angelino, he yeah. was at uh, Leipzig last year, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. And, um, and he's, on a, he's gone permanently now. And I wasn't exactly... You've got, got Cancelo as well. Oh, is it, oh, oh Gal Cancelo. Um, and he cost fucking loads. He cost well, £58 he? million. Pounds. Um, it's troubling. It, uh, maybe I was a bit too exuberant in my earlier thoughts. I do think they've got some really good pieces. They do. Um, my, the, my, the problem is, is that... We're in Guardiola's fifth season now at Man City, and I think the chic owners want a bit more. It's fair to ask of it. You know, ultimately, they, were, they went with Pep and they funded Pep to the, uh, I mean, hundreds of millions at this point, um, with the idea that this is the best football manager in the world. He will deliver not just league titles, but the titles we want, which is the European Cup. And he's failed to even get to a semi-final at this point. I, I do think if they went, like even this last week, the transfer window, if they went and bought Kane for 100 million, I would change my perception on this. Um, can, can, I, can I just say one thing quickly? I think there is a problem in world football, and maybe this is for another day. I don't think there's actually very many good players out there. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely wow. feel this. Um, if I look... Against the market value, for what, the value they go for, you expect big things and yet you don't get that. Put it this way. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll put it this way. I saw some Manchester United fans uh, complaining about Martial and Rashford and saying, they're not good enough. Martial is no, he's never good enough. He, you know, no team would want him, blah, blah, blah. You, you go through, right? I'm not going to do this today. We'll do it another day. But you go through a lot of the top teams in Europe, right? A lot of them would take Martial off our hands if if he was available. Oh yeah, you know, fucking what Juventus when he got Morata again? That's mad, by the way. That is insane. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's we're, we really are at a point where I mean the likes of Edin Dzeko is like you know old and still commanding, and he's a still commanding a fee. Like I I do think you and you look at centre halves. There's none out there. There's no centre halves out there. Box to box midfielders. We're still talking about Kante and Ndidi. We're still talking about them. Where are the other ones? They're not there anymore. I don't know where they are. And I don't know. I feel like we're in an age because of social media that players get hyped up beyond belief. And if they're not Messi or Ronaldo, they get discarded fairly quickly. And I just, I, I, I don't think that Man City can really, really improve with trusted, experienced players. Because I don't think they exist. I mean, obviously, the, the key one is we touched on, I think pretty much every week since week one of this season is go get Kane. That's that's it, and and I do believe that if they go get Kane because of Ruben Diaz already coming in, I do think that changes the narrative. I, I say they need two fullbacks. I do still think they do, um, and I, I completely believe that they will kill you in games. But I also think that they're probably passable as long as you've got De Bruyne and Harry Kane in the team. 
We've only got a week to go though in the transfer window, so is that realistic though that Harry Kane's no, going to go to no, no way, mate. Not at all. Exactly. Not at all. So no it's, no it's all hypothetical, isn't but it? I'm so a... the, the question is, are they are they going to be contending this year? No. Or is it going to be another season? I think just... I, I can't see I'm, it. And we're going to get onto it in a moment, but I think Liverpool might as well already be handed the trophy. I think they'll finish second. But that's that's through yeah, the fact like that... Like you said, they've got nice pieces and they've got the, the ability to be up there. There's no doubt about it. They're finishing second Liverpool. by default, though. Yeah. Because, mm. like, United, not good. Um, Chelsea, not good. Arsenal, not good. Tottenham, not good. Wolves, not good. Leicester, we've already seen. Like, effectively, really, at this point, people are starting to talk Leicester up to being, like, the third best team in the league again. Oh, it's three mm. games, man. Mm. Anyway, we should we should move on because we did mention Liverpool, so we should probably stop off there and revisit uh, the game that happened last night between Liverpool and Arsenal, which um, it resulted in a three-one win for, for Liverpool, uh, even though they actually fell behind. But my own personal view uh, watching this game was um, I thought Liverpool looked largely comfortable. Um, Roy Keane thought otherwise; thought they were a bit sloppy, which maybe we can dis- discuss as a side topic. Um, however, the question I need to pose to you, Mike, um, you know, given obviously what we just discussed about Man City is. Will Liverpool retain the title, you know, at a canter? Are they going to go unopposed or, you know, is there any chinks in the armour that maybe give us hope that it's not going to be straightforward? They will win the title. There are no chinks in the armour. <laughs> that's, that's clear. I mean, the only chink in the armour at the moment is that Thiago's got coronavirus. Yeah. And if he spreads um, that to the entire team... Yeah, then we might, we then might we be might in have business. a chance. <laughs> um, but no, I'll give you a stat, right? Um, Roy Keane said they were sloppy. Um I think he is looking at things through a slightly different lens than he should be because Manchester United's teams with him in it were very sloppy. We would give away chances to the opposition. We always did. We always have because we went to attack all the time. I criticised Liverpool last season for being a bit too defensive in terms of they scuffed games 1-0 and stuff. I don't think they were as domineering as they, as they could have been. Uh, I feel like this season it's been three games. Let's not go overboard. But... Every single outfield player that started for Liverpool against Arsenal had at least one shot or created a chance. That's mm. the kind of stat which says to you that team is working like a well-oiled machine. That is absolutely insane. Keita, Fabinho and Wijnaldum, we're talking about sloppy, they misplaced seven of a combined 169 passes. Right. There's no, like, I don't know, like, I feel like yesterday they were a little bit more open at the back. But I think that's because Arsenal's game plan dictated that they were just going to sit back and play almost like route one football on the counter. They played Mourinho ball, as as Arsenal tends to. And I'm still not going to applaud him for that, by the way. Um, But the, um, I don't think there's any danger of it. I think in the signing of Thiago, the best, probably the best centre midfielder in the world for that particular role. Um, I think they have another string to their bow. And I think with... Um, I know you guys don't particularly rate uh, Jota very much. I think he's quite good. Um, I think he, pr- he showed last night in his cameo. Took his goal well. Took his goal well. Um, he should have had another guy if Salah hadn't stolen off of him. <laughs> um, I think they're dangerous, man. Mane looks like he's, not, he's, not, he's got no signs of slowing down. The only, the only weak link is... And this boggles the mind to say is is Firmino in terms of his goal scoring, but that's not, not what he does. Um, the fullbacks, Robertson and Trent, are average at best defensively. Um, but again, Trent showed good signs of going back to his, his you know, last season form in terms of his delivery and, and, his, and his final ball. Um, 
I still think that you can get a Van Dyke. Um, I think he backs off far too much. There is a balance between an Otamendi and Van Dyke, and I think Van Dyke needs to go further towards that balance for me. Um, he should actually win the ball instead of just backing off endlessly. Um, but I mean, but isn't that smart defending though? By doing that, it is by smart. Not it is it smart and defending a defender, shepherding uh, an attacker, making them do the work. It is whilst he's in control of the situation. All I'm saying is, I want my centre halves to be a bit more aggressive sometimes. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, I I, th- I think I think passive defending in that sense. Um, we, when you've got two fullbacks that aren't the best at defending and are quite uh, and the other and the and the partner to him, they're not the oldest. You know, I think it would help to have a bit of a more aggressive defending. But he's, at times. Not, he's not like a Lindelof or a, a no, Christensen. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, instance, not, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying. I, that I at think all. he's I, got a good balance to it. That's what, that's my personal yeah, view. I just think I think he can be got, got at. That's all I'm saying is I, th- I don't think his uh, shield is quite as golden and crusted as it as it is as it's made out to be. Mm. However, he's still the best centre half in the league. Um, they've got the best goalkeeper in the league. They've got the best attacking fullbacks in the league. They've got probably the best midfield unit in the league. They've got the three best uh, attacking kind of like strikers in the league in terms of the, the, as a combined duo uh, threesome. And they're now, they've now got good quality coming off the bench. So no, no one's going to stop them ever. You've answered quite emphatically there. Yeah. Woods, are you sharing the same views? Uh, I got it wrong. I thought this team would let up. I thought that the impetus would have gone after winning European Cup and Premier League in consecutive seasons. I thought that maybe... Even under Klopp? Even under Klopp. Even even under Klopp. I thought that maybe there would be a natural regression just because they're not going... uh, that, That extra level of motivation to go and win that first league title in 30 years. And it's the complete opposite. It's almost like they... That Klopp has said to them, people are doubting you. People think that you won basically last year because the league was crap or uh, they're putting asterisks against it. It's almost like he's been able to light a fire. There's a fire burning inside him, which was clearly evident with his little interaction with Roy Keane last night. But Which is great, by the way. Which was wonderful. It was wonderful TV, but... I, Mo Salah seems to kind of stepped up another level this year. Um, the numbers might not be bearing out too much, but he's been exceptional. He is he's, he is excellent. He's excellent, and he's a player that I've always kind of, I guess, underrated. Um, now that might be just because I kind of still feel he's a bit of a shot ratio merchant. You know, a player that scores a lot of goals because he takes even more shots. But he, he's been brilliant when I've watched him this season. Well, this is the thing, isn't that what we kind of people accuse Ronaldo of? But he's like. It, yeah. yeah, but he's lauded. Look, I, I, I do feel that had Mo Salah played for someone other than Liverpool, he'd probably be getting a lot more credit than he does. They, they, look, there's let's, let's, a natural uh, dislike towards Liverpool from opposition fans because they do act like they are better than everyone else. The problem is right now, they fucking are. That's a real You can actually back it up and actually it, be the best. Cause it's, I, don't know, cause I don't know how the Champions League is going to be played out at all this season with the COVID uh, going on. But, you know, them and Bayern Munich are the two best teams in Europe and I don't think anyone else is close. No. Oh, it, was that, it was that thing I sent you the other day, which wasn't it, where the... Um, it was like Provo from years ago and, like, all the different squads oh. of the top, like, six or six teams or so. And that... All of them, like Milan and Madrid and Barcelona, they all got such amazing teams. And these days, it's like, nah, not at all. A, I haven't heard of half these players, and I would have heard of them if they were any good. Yeah, but, you know, 
you got to give credit to to Liverpool as a as a team. Um, I don't know when it stops. I don't. I think when it's look. Let's keep it real. It stops when Manchester United and Chelsea start acting like big clubs again. Which ain't happening this season. Which is not happening this season. Just a bit of blind. Whilst we're obviously speaking about Liverpool in that game, any quick thoughts about Arsenal? Uh, Liverpool bear in mind you know with Arteta he's actually done quite well against one of the 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 bigger teams in in his last few games obviously Arsenal do have a terrible record in general against top six teams Uh, Arsenal have had a pretty good record like you say against big teams because of the way they set up against big teams they set up to frustrate and then they uh, are clever with the ball distribution out of the back because they have a player in Aubameyang who's just electric on the counter-attack. And it could have been a different result had Lacazette had anything about him. Um, mm. he, I mean, you go back to the goalkeeper. He is clearly the best keeper in the league. Um, he doesn't panic once. He stares the striker in the eyes and the striker shits his pants. Um, it, it, remarkable moment. Um, so, that, you know, had that gone to Aubameyang... Two all. I still back Liverpool to go grab a third because it was having watched that game. It was just complete inevitability about it. Just watching Liverpool, I, they they play with such a level of arrogance about them that there was inevitable. I don't think you can read too much into Arsenal after that game. I, I, that's not the games where you're going to really know what Arsenal are about. The games where you're going to need to know more about Arsenal are the games against West Ham where they were poor but they got the result crucially. But playing badly. And getting results can only last so long before no, I, playing I'm badly. I'm so happy you said this, right? I hate the phrase that champions play badly and win. Champions don't play badly and win. If you play badly for long periods of time, you're a bad team who get lucky. Yeah. And I'd rather not rely on luck. I mean, as a United fan, you're probably very much aware of, of those traits. But Arsenal were lucky against West Ham and they have to be better against those lower teams that they're expected to beat and go out and deserve victories like they did against Fulham but they were so Fuck poor me. against West Ham we could turn up against really? Fulham yeah, mate, I mean, the Fulham. three of us and get a result fucking hell so we'll, poor mate I think we'll touch on Fulham when we get to the predictions because we do have to have a little mention about Fulham don't we because they're, the, they're fucking awful basically do, do you think that they could break the record what that, is that, in like least number of points yeah because that record is really low is it like like, someone got it to hand, isn't it's it? It's Derby, isn't it? It's Derby. Can someone find that it's number? Because like 12, 13 points. It, like, that's ridiculously low, right? They won one game, I think it was against Newcastle um, that season. Like, Fulham, Fulham looked bad enough that they could Ele- do that. 11. They got 11, 11 points. How do you get 11 points? Maybe they're not going to get 11. Surely they're going to get less than 11. <laughs> Well, we are the. Well, they, they, they won one game in 38 against, yeah, against Newcastle. Against Newcastle, yeah. Jesus. <clears throat> Anyway, let's 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 move on. We'll we'll catch up on uh, Fulham later on. Um, obviously, we're just speaking about one Arsenal, uh, one Arsenal team, one London, one London team. Uh, we we spoke about Chelsea last week. Uh, we're going to have to speak about them again, aren't we? Given the uh, the topsy turvy game that was witnessed uh, against West Brom. Um, now we're called a pod of two halves, but a, but our pod is not made of two halves, is it, boys? You know, not anymore. No, it's the- not. <laughs> The original format back in the day was, but you know, these days it's not. But um, uh, four-hour podcast that we used to have to record. <laughs> um, but obviously, it is a common phrase we, we use in uh, in football. And but it was, was literally the case at the weekend, weren't it? Again, uh, for Chelsea against West Brom, you gave them a free goal lead. Obviously, managed to pull back at a free or draw. But um, question, obviously, I need to put to you, Woods, is um, was Frank responsible for the nightmare first half, especially given what you said last week? It's very easy to sit there and go, 
defensive error, defensive error, defensive error, like individual mistake, individual mistake, individual mistake. It's very easy to sit there and do that. But much like last week when we spoke about it, why was he playing Kepper in goal? For Kepa to go and make a mistake against Liverpool. That's on the manager. Kepa shouldn't have been in goal that week. Um, and it kind of similar to me in a way, because I don't know why Marcus Alonso was on the pitch. I don't think any Chelsea fan really understand. I know Chilwell's not fit, but why is Marcus Alonso on the pitch? So um, who would play there instead? I would have played uh, Aspilicueta, who played the second half. Um, I, I, Marcus Alonso, and we'll get into him a little bit more in a bit, um, I I don't think he's the kind of professional that you can bank on in the situation where he's basically been told surplus to requirements, new left backs in. I I kind of think that he's the kind of professional that may well put in a dog shit performance as he did, and he was responsible for the opener uh, through just a, a, a woeful nothing header into the middle of the park, and he was responsible for the third for just not defending. He just completely switched off at a corner. Um, what makes you think that he's got that's in that's his character? You know that he would be that sort of person. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, from Saturday, this is what happened. He got yanked at half time because he was dreadful, and he showered. And instead of going to sit in the stands with his teammates, he went and sat on the bus. Frank Lampard <laughs> would later find out about this, and in the dressing room afterwards, gave him a full dressing down in front of everyone. And apparently, the <laughs> these are the reports from the players. We've never seen the manager so angry. Uh, that's basically it went uh, like apoplectic in that in the dressing room at full time Frank did and that's that's what I mean it, there's always been something about his character um, it, I think there's other rumours historically there's always been a, this element with Marcus Alonso the professional is not two words that go together particularly well uh, in terms of the mistake for Thiago Silva I don't hold him completely responsible. I thought the pass from Kovacic was fucking dreadful back to him. It was a nothing pass that bobbled towards him. Uh, but the whole thing, like the first half was tactically, he's played Kai Havertz in four positions in three games. Like, give the kid a surely, chance. Surely when he signed him, he must know where he was going to play him. You have to think this, right? And this is what's going through my mind because I... This might sound ridiculous. I think Chelsea may well have the best squad in terms of pure depth in the Premier League. I, I, I don't think we've got the best 11. That's not what I'm saying because that's a Liverpool thing. And I, I just think in our overall depth, I look at it and go, bloody hell, we've got some players. Um, and I think Frank hasn't got a fucking clue what his team is. And it's clearly evident. It was evident last season he's not very de- uh, decisive with his, his, his defenders. He, he changed his uh, defensive setup uh, in terms of the personnel regularly which breaks up any continuity that can breed and talking back to Liverpool the one reason why they're really benefiting at the start of the season is continuity is king right and the the thing is that a lot of these other teams have got new pieces coming in and they haven't had a pre-season to get together and kind of bond Liverpool didn't need to do that because they, the team is already there we're just going we're going again we just keep going we keep going but for continuity to work you need to identify your best team. Your best formation would help and, and be able to play that regularly. Frank Lampard has been moving all over the place and I still don't, I don't think he'll know his best team even before the end of the season and that's a concern. Um, the double pivot of Kovacic and Kante, dreadful. Um, it's not very inspiring, is it, in terms of attacking play? I'm, done, I'm done with this formation, by the way. 4-2-3-1 needs to fuck It, it does need to die. And I think Frank wants to move away from it, to be honest. I think he wants to play 4-3-3. Um, how he's going to play that, 
with Kai Havertz and all these players? I don't know. And I don't think Frank does. And that's where my criticism lies of him. Um, surely, surely he would have watched them though playing for Leverkusen and he, and he played pretty much in that like number 10 or attacking midfield role, central. Yeah. Definitely not on a wing. Definitely not on a wing. I've never heard of Kai Havertz playing right wing. Um, I, it baffled me that first lineup when I saw Kai Havertz playing right wing and Mason Mount playing the left. I couldn't, I couldn't even get my head around it. And the idea of then shoving Werner through the middle with that as well. Um, then against Liverpool, putting Kai Havertz in a false nine against a team like Liverpool, where he's just going to get brutalised. Um, these, these are all mistakes by the manager. And I feel I'd be hypocritical to sit here and kind of defend Frank Lampard when if it was Oli Solskjaer doing the same thing, I would be scathing of him. I, I just think that I'm going to be fascinated to see how long the leash is on him. Let's put it that way. Because we've got an owner who demands success. That's the one thing that this club has had in the in the 15 plus years that we've had Roman Abramovich. The reason why we've been successful is because the owner demands it. Um, and I look at this squad and I said, like I said, I think it's it's arguably the best squad in the league. And I think if we can get a top level football manager in, I would be fascinated to see how far we could go with it. And the, the one big wake-up call, this is going to sound really weird, but watch your match of the day on Saturday. And I think it was Darren Fletcher, who, by the way, was excellent on match of the day this weekend. And he was breaking down uh, Bielsa's tactics, and in particular, uh, Dallas for Leeds, mm. and how he's rolling that team. And it blew my fucking mind that Mark, uh, like Bielsa's been able to develop a tactic where effectively he's playing with 12 players. Because he's got Dallas playing four different roles. And it's just fascinating to see. That's what elite level managers can do. And then I look at Frank Lampard and I, I, I'll describe it as this. It's meeting two veg football, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he's never going to be able to go make that uh, gourmet uh, Michelin star style meals with, despite having like the top level ingredients. It's just going to still be very basic and I look at the players like Kai Havertz and Timo Werner these are intelligent footballers that with the right tutorage uh, and looking at Nagelsmann um, they, they'll thrive and I just wonder if they're going to be stagnant under, under Frank and it is a so worry it sounds, sounds like Frankie's uh, Frankie out and will be trending soon is, will hey be... look I, at half time at half time and the thing is look like, like I said people it's very easy to go oh individual errors individual errors but I'm like I, the team did not look good throughout it it didn't look ready and it's on the manager to get the players ready they weren't mm. any thoughts Mike? Um, Kai Havertz in his own words I'm not a classic number 10 but I like to have the ball at my feet simply enjoying myself on the pitch I've played in many other positions but I prefer to play in the centre where I have more of the ball apparently he told Lampard what his favourite position is and uh Got shoved right wing. Like, honestly, mate, he is brilliant. He Did he play gen- out there in the cup? Didn't he play in his crit position? He, he played in his crit position and bagged a hat-trick, yeah. Um, and it, look, it was Barnsley. I know it's always only Barnsley, but he was exceptional. And it, I, when he was playing century and he's involved and he's interested, he is magnificent. You can see everything about him. is so, so good. And I just worry that Lampard's going to spoil him. You know, like we've got this this wonderful footballer that's just being shoved in here, there and everywhere. Uh, it's like, oh, Kai, you're six foot plus. Go play centre forward against Van Dyke. Come on. <laughs> on, the, on the plus note, there was a uh, Hudson-Odoi goal I saw. So yeah. we, we, saw, we spoke about him last week, didn't we, saying that he didn't get a look in. He, he needed that. He needed that moment um, because it's, it's felt for a while that he could be on the way out. Um, 
big moment for him. He came on and he really impacted the game positively, at least when he's got a switch to the left. Um, he played Barnsley midweek and he played right wing for the majority of it and he looked like he couldn't give a fuck. And the second he got flipped to the left, he was like, oh, now I want to play football again. He's He's got a really strange mentality, that kid. Um, I kind of feel it's going to be a handbrake on his career a bit, that sort of stroppiness, <laughs> let's say. Um, he, he's going to stay. I think he's going to find it difficult. I mean, going back to Frank quickly, we say that he's, he's struggling to find his best team now. He's got Pulisic and Zayek to fit into this team and he can only field 11 of them. But isn't that the qu- like, classic thing with a, a, a manager? They like they say, oh, I like having, you know, choices to make, you know, and, you know, making those difficult choices. So surely this is oh, something you no, should thrive in, you know. But this is what I mean. That this should, this is a ma- Chelsea's squad is a manager's dream. Like I imagine that Pep Guardiola probably sits there looking at going, wow, yeah, get me some of that. I would like to have a have a look at that. I'm being serious. It, it, it just, I can imagine that there's managers across Europe that would love to have a go at Chelsea Football Club with the squad that they've got. I really do believe that. I just think Frank's not the right guy. Mm, yeah, I'll have to. I, I want to be proved wrong. I do, okay? I want to be proved wrong. I, I do I fear that you're not. Yeah, I, I do fear that's the case. Um, you know, obviously I'm not massive on on Lampsy, but um, yeah, I've, I've never I've never felt it. I never felt it was the right choice. We discussed it last week in a bit more depth. That it probably wasn't the right choice, but maybe maybe hindsight will tell us different. Who knows? Um, let's let's move on to some predictions. Um, the opening game is actually Chelsea. Uh, at home to Crystal Palace. Oh. We, uh, we probably should uh, bring up uh, Palace, though, because we haven't mentioned, well, not in depth anyway, about the uh, the, ham, the new handball rule. Um, Palace were foul to the, to the new rule uh, come the weekend against my team. Mikey, we, we obviously spoke about it last week. We didn't really have a, a, a crucial stat that kind of maybe puts a little bit of a dis- different perspective on it, maybe. Uh, yeah, so I've got some stats here. Um, they were actually shown on Match of the Day 2, um, and uh, I think collectively they blew all three of our minds when they rocked these stats up. My now, um, so the first one is, so the first three weeks of the season, yeah, that's how many weeks we've had so far. In 2019-2020, there were 30 games played, okay? And eight penalties were awarded in those, in those 30 games, okay? Um Guess how many of them was for handball? Uh, probably, well, considering I actually know the answer, it's zero. <laughs> it is zero, exactly. It's a big right? goose egg. <laughs> in uh, this season, uh, in 26 games, so that's four games less. Four games less. There has been 20 penalties already compared to the eight from last season. And six of them have been for handball. So... Not looking good. This is a giant increase. Now, the, the the funny thing is, and this is where I think I didn't I didn't realise this at all, um, is that when you actually look at last season, so obviously we had the Champions League debacle with uh, the whole silhouette thing. Man United managed to jammy through another round because of it, etc., etc. Saved uh, Solskjaer's career. Exactly. Oh, thank you, handball. Um, so what I didn't know was is that obviously last year the Premier League were using uh, the handball imp- uh, kind of implementation of. If it hits you somewhere, then it's, uh, you know, anything is ruled out, you know, even if it's an accident, what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, last year, La Liga and Syria A were, <laughs> were, were using this, uh, using the current day Premier League implementation of the handball rule. Okay. Last season, 
in total, in the Premier League, there were 19 penalties given for handball. Okay? 19 overall. Mm-hmm. Out of all the games, 19. La Liga, 48. And Serie A, 57. So treble. That's what we're going to have this season. That's what we've got. And I actually think it's going to be more because the Premier League is a more frantic league. There's a lot more get it in the mixer in this league. Um, there's a lot more um, fucking in and around the box trying to do... Do you know what I mean? It's well, we bit- saw with like the Newcastle one, which was also given against Tottenham at the weekend, <laughs> where you know it was just a ball launched into the box, just a knockdown header, and it's hit Dyer in the arm. And He's not even looking that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. it's just... Um, apparently, you have to jump... Poe going at all times which is impossible you know, which is you, just you can't get any elevation this that's, it, that's the most ridiculous thing about it because they they highlighted it didn't they on match of the day where it was spurs so basically yeah. they've been all the players have been drilled that you know for years we've looked at continental players in the champions league or when you get so let's say you get a new signing and they do the whole hands behind their back thing in the box with john terry the only exception john to the terry rule. the only exception to that rule it frustrates you because you're like there's no way that you can be balanced if your hands are behind your back you're a lot easier to turn you know if they decide not to cross and just run past you um they're, they're in the in the spurs game every time the ball went near the box it was a clear directive from the manager and the coaching staff put your hands behind your back it was utterly obscene and they still conceded a penalty from handball from it <laughs> even though they were doing it all game it's 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 mind-blowing you said this earlier woods someone's gonna profit <laughs> who's gonna profit <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> there's someone that's rubbing his hands of glee at this all going on. Um, yeah, Bruno Fernandes is about to bang thirty this season, isn't he? <laughs> on that on that penalty stat, right? Obviously, La Liga's had a lot of penalties for handball over the last uh, last season. You know that Sergio Ramos like has a better penalty taking record than Matt Letizia does now. Really? <laughs> He's, he scored uh, so many last year, didn't he? <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna find the stat. So interestingly, while we're on this subject, something did come out earlier today that the Premier League are changing it they have really yeah yeah the, 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 I thought the committee weren't meeting again until March so nothing could happen no I think that then. clearly something's gone we can't keep doing this because we're looking ridiculous so uh, it sounds like nobody at the Premier League uh uh, PGMOL uh, or anyone else has enjoyed this rule uh, said a top flight source uh, they can tr- not change the rule itself uh, as the IFAB has to agree to that but the Premier League has asked a select group of referees Uh, to apply more leniency to handball decisions. Anything that hits the hand above the head in the box, for example, would still be a penalty, i.e. the Eric Dyer and Neil Mopé. But a deflection of the hand of a player's side would be viewed differently. Proximity and arm position are key factors to the change. Uh, For example, penalty kicks given against Joel Ward and Victor Lindelof would not have been given, but the Neil Mopé and the Eric Dyer ones would be. So they are changing it subtly. Definitely with the Mope one. Not so... Well, okay. Um, just to go on that record. So, hazard a guess as to how many penalties Matt Letizia scored in a row. In a row? In a row. That's the, that's the record we're talking about here. 42. He scored, I think he scored 47 or 48 entirely. Um, but how many did he get in a row? 22. Um, 23. Ooh. Oh, wow. Sergio, Sergio Ramos is like on 22 now in a row. Credit to him. 
love that man. But anyway, before we, well, I say before we move on, just to quickly add as well, do you not think, well, given what you just said is with this new update ruling as well, the, the, the whole point is now that the referees are now going over to the, to the monitor because they're being told in their ear, you, you, you've missed something. It's almost kind of obliging to say, you've missed something. Subliminal messaging, right? Exactly. So that doesn't help either. So I'd understand with this new rule, is that, is it, so they've obviously already given the leniency in terms of not giving the decision, but if they then go to the monitor, it's going to be, they're still going to have that element of pressure. Well, so then, I mean, I'm guessing that what they're saying is um, the VAR official would be telling them to go look at the ones which are kind of like the hands by the side and it hits the hand. So that it's basically arm proximity, which makes sense, right? Because what I would say, like the Neil Mopo one was a penalty. What the hell is arms definitely. doing up there? It doesn't make any sense. The Eric Dyer one I do feel is a bit harsh. I know his arm's up. But he's, he's, he's facing the other way. Uh, now, but then again, you could argue that, well, you know, that's not an excuse. Also, right? if it stops the ball reaching one of your attacking exactly, players. Exactly, like, because otherwise defenders are going to basically turn their back and just start waving their hands. <laughs> the, 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 the weird thing was, obviously, obviously Chelsea are playing Crystal Palace, but the, Haver, the, the goal, uh, one of the goals that Chelsea scored against West yeah. Brom, Havertz basically control it with his, with his he hand. He certainly which, hit his arm. Um, which, was, but that last season... Last that season, that's ruled out. Simple that's as that. ruled out. Yeah. And I was kind of sitting there going, but that makes more sense to rule out because if he doesn't use his hand, Chelsea don't score that goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... It's it just so... sounds like it's going to create more confusion. That's, that's, that's my takeaway. Especially with that update we now had from Woods. But anyway, let, let's, let's get a prediction in, let's guys, for this, for this game. Chelsea I'm Crystal worried Palace. about this game, and I'll explain why I'm worried about this game. Because I look at this game, and Palace are decent, right? Um, they won their first two, crucially against Manchester United as well. I don't think that they... I, don't, I didn't see the Everton game, Lee, so you're going to have to fill me in on it a bit. But they, it seems that they were in the game, and it was they, maybe... They, they, they weren't bad at all, and obviously that, that decision we spoke about has ultimately pretty much cost them. Yeah. Um, they also attack heavily down the left... And I look at our right-hand side and I go, if, if we play Reese James against them, that's going to be a problem. We need to basically set up with a defensive-minded full-back in that position. So I play Asbel Equator against them just with the idea that be aware of that left-hand side. All I'm saying is I don't think Frank's going to do that. And I'm worried. I am worried that they can Mate, kind he's of... he's got to find a new position for Kepper. <laughs> right back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mendy's starting tonight, um, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how he's getting on. But um, I'm worried about this game. I am because Palace are one of those teams that I think they can do, they, they, they're strong mentally defensively. So I, I can see them holding Chelsea out. I can see them springing quickly, and Chelsea are just so susceptible to counter-attack goals still. And that's not just because the players are crap at stopping it. It's because they just don't know what they're doing tactically for it. Um, I've got a sneaky suspicion about Palace. So I'm actually sitting on the fence, but you're going Palace, then? I'm saying Palace. I'm going draw. Yeah, okay, that's the way I'm going as well. Then we'll give that one a... What was it, Woods? Uh, you're saying an away. Interesting. Um, we obviously then move on to my team, Everton, for a three o'clock kick-off against Brighton. Uh, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you didn't say you didn't see the game, so in regards to Everton, I'll, I'll let you know now that James was a little bit quieter, but still still pulling the strings. Um you had an interesting stat, didn't you, Mike, about him? Let me let me get this stat. One second, I'll be with you in two flicks of a fly's wing. So, <clears throat> if you're looking at the top assist makers in the Premier League this season so far, after it's only been three games, two for some teams, um, James Rodriguez has he's created the most chances out of anyone so far. 
um, with nine. So he basically makes three a match, which for Everton is like more than they've ever had <laughs> for the last fucking 10 years of football. Um, and he's also, um, what was the other one he's done? Total passes. So considering that um, James is, uh, you know, an attacking midfielder on the wing, luxury player, let's say, the only player that's registered an assist this season, which has, uh, has completed more passes than him, is Reese James, a fullback who will obviously get lots of the ball. Like, James Rodriguez, mate, is your fucking, is your muse, mm. yeah, in, the, in that team. He's, he's, he's delightful. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased to have, to, to, for him to be here, and uh, I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Well, the takeaway from the game was, apart from James being quite good again, um, I'm probably going to be harping on about this all season until it happens, and that's the fact that as soon as we have to go turn to our bench... It's just it's, it's shit, man. Give, give me the Awobi cameo. Oh, uh, the cameo in, in, in a nutshell is was he was fucking awful. Gave the ball <laughs> away, couldn't couldn't pass it. It, it, was, it was just dog shit. Um, Who so the fuck in, greenlit that thirty-five million pound move? Oh, I, I don't know. That wasn't mate. it fifty-five, wasn't it? No, shut up. Shut up. It was, it's, it's called an Everton thirty-five, Mikey. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. I had it as twenty-eight uh, the other day when I was discussing <laughs> it. Goes, it's an Everton twenty-eight now. <laughs> Rising to 40, though, let's be, let's be clear about it. It does rise to 40. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate um, situation of shitting yourself when you don't get your number one transfer target and you've got no time to spare, so you go and get a Wobi. Um, but, yeah, no, um, grateful for the win. You know, we mentioned about the decision to win against Palace, so I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty happy to... I'll put it this way, last year we, we don't pick up three points, so to get another three points is good um, the team we're playing against this weekend though um, they've made a really good start they were unlucky against your boys at the weekend but Brighton um, they're good Wood, Woods is clenching his fist here something's happening Timo Werner's just banged one in against Tottenham <laughs> finally off have... the mark that'll, that'll be a massive weight off his shoulders sorry Lee no, no. Uh, well, you can obviously chip in with this. You witnessed Brighton being they're really good against your team. They were they were the better team against us. Um, they certainly deserve something from the game, but ultimately, what is it? Just exceptional moments from from Reece James was the difference. Um, if you kind of ignore the third scrappy goal, they were the better team by far. They were the better team against us as well. Yeah, they, they, they've been. I think they've been the better team in every game they played, and they've only got three points to show for it. But that's that's very much. Brighton from last year <laughs> the funny thing I, I, I spoke about this um, with someone at work today and I get annoyed when people say oh we're really unlucky because we hit the woodwork five times and I'm like just because it hits the woodwork it's a miss right it doesn't even count as a shot on target it's not really being unlucky you know like that's not luck it's just you didn't take your opportunities when you were up and in the ascendancy I know it looks unlucky because you have that that moment where it pings off the post and oh hand in hand it was not luck right there was no no difference to the ball going past the post and not doing anything exactly Um, they just have to be a bit more clinical in front of goal the the problem against Chelsea was they missed their their opportunities and it was the problem against Manchester United as well and um, they'll be kicking themselves about that I mean Malpe will I, I can't quite understand what he was doing at the end there um he was the one that was crying in the end, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I, the thing, you've always got to be careful, right, when you're a player, going out there and basically creating a meme for yourself because it will come back and get you. It will, it, players have got to learn this. And the thing was that that was very much kind of um, instant karma in many ways, wasn't it? It was. But what, so what, what were you saying then? It sounds like it's going to be a tough one for Everton. I, I actually think Are you at home? As well. 
we are at home. Uh, I think Everton. I don't think. I don't think. Um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. To be honest with you, well, Everton you have always, won three you from three. Um, <laughs> the the one strength that obviously you do carry is is in the air. Obviously, as we know with um, DCL. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> I would suggest that Brighton maybe have the centre half to be able to deal with that. I think Brighton might nick it. I think Brighton might nick it. It's a good shout. It's, it's hard not to go, you know, think that way. It's a really tough game to call. I wouldn't bet on it, put it that way. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely one to steer away from if you're looking yeah. at it, but yeah. Uh, this next game, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Ellen Road leads against Man City. Oh, five kickoff. Oh, my word. I it doesn't get easier for City, this. does it? Oh. I'll oh, give me leads on that, game. mate. Like I don't, I don't think that they can deal with with that Bielsa ball. <laughs> I just don't think they can. They're going to press the life out of Rodri. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm going for a lead win. Wow, it's just too much energy for them. Um, and without having, have, there's, there's no strikers. It's incredible that we're saying that a team that will come up from the Championship are going to beat you know the previous champions of the Premier League and the team that finished second last year. It is, it is mental, but that's that's Bielsa. Look, we'll see what leads look like when we get round to, to February, March, right? Because that, that's what will be really telling. I, I imagine there'll be a, a, le- a huge level of burnout as well because of the condensed nature of this season. I just think that City look way undercooked at the moment. And the last thing you would want coming off that Leicester game would be Leeds away. Like that would have been like the last game you'd want to play. Probably. Look, you probably Liverpool away is the last one you want after that, but like Leeds yeah. away. Oh, no, well, thank I'm looking you. forward to it. Oh, it'd um, be a great game. Not, not so much the next game after that, eight o'clock on a Saturday, uh, Newcastle Burnley. They do seem to put stinkers on at the eight o'clock Saturday, like they know that people want to do something with their evenings. Um, and not watch Newcastle Burnley. <laughs> no, no one's watching Newcastle Burnley, are they? Um, Newcastle, um, I think they've been poor. They obviously had the win against uh, West Ham on the opening day. They were significantly second best on uh, Sunday. Like they, they were a basically they 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 were a goalkeeper away from getting drubbed in the first half, um, and required. And even Bruce, he said as much. A very fortunate moment to come their way to 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 nick a point from from Tottenham. Um, Burnley though yet to win. Yeah, we can only hope, right? I mean, ultimately, if Liverpool are going to win the league, we, we have to root for something. So Burnley getting relegated is worth rooting for, right? It's what keeps me, it's what tucks me in at night, if I'm honest with you. Burnley and Sheffield United get relegated, that would make my day. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, going to take, I'm going to take Newcastle for it. It's worth I'm taking it. Newcastle as well. OK, um, I'm going to have a draw. What, Lee, Lee sitting on the fence? No. Mate, it's, it's got a draw written all over, I think. Um, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, early, two early kickoffs. First one uh, at twelve o'clock. Leicester, West Ham. The, this looks great. I mean, West Ham. Interestingly, have won games when Moyes hasn't been actually been managing the team. Oh God! Because of, because of the I coronavirus. That. So if he's still out, then they've got a chance. That's what but happened this weekend. I couldn't work out how they beat Wolves four 0 and now it makes it Lee. Thank you for pointing that out. How did I not pick up on that? Of course, Moy's not there. All of a sudden, the players are up because they ain't got to listen to his pre-game talk. <laughs> Suck the life out of them. They like go out. They're buoyant. So you're giving West Ham a chance? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You know what? West Ham were good against Arsenal as well. They've had two back-to-back performances. They have. Um, it's because they've stopped playing all of the fucking luxury players and they just have players that will actually do work with is it, is it, and, and also Mark Noble's not playing anymore. Oh, yeah. They're, they're much loved... Mark well, they were shoehorning Noble into like a, an attacking midfield role. That was never going to work. Yeah, he turns pretty slow. Milk <laughs> turns quicker than him, put it that way. Wee. Is it? Is it? I'm trying to think who the... Is it Bar, Bar, Barlow? I, I'm not... I'm, who's the kid that, that scored the goals this weekend? Um, Bowen. Bowen, thank you. Bowen, Bo- Bowen not and Michelo Antonio are a defender's nightmare because they're constantly moving. They just don't stop. They just don't give you a moment to rest. And that's that's going to be... Um... That's because they're not playing those luxury players. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 100% right. Um, I, I think West Ham could, could nick this. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not swayed. I'm still going Leicester. Mikey? Um... I'm going to go Leicester as well. Yeah, if I'm if I'm being honest, I'm not picking against Leicester either. Give me Leicester. Hey, oh, you picked now. Right? No, no, I want Leicester. I, I, Leicester's performance, um, regardless of what Rodri thinks, was exceptional. Um, their midfield just took the piss out of them. Maybe that's what hurt Rodri's feelings. Maybe Rodri watched match what of did, the day. What did Rodri say? Oh, he suggested that they parked the bus and didn't do anything all game. Apart from bang five goals past them, like what? What? I don't. I don't. I know they got three penalties, so you can kind of look at it that way. But um, they were like that for the first twenty minutes, where I think Man City did come out quite lively and quite sharp. But then once I think Leicester settled and realised that they could actually get behind that defence and how to do it and how to counter the, the the press, they did it fucking well. There's a reason why they got three penalties, and that's because they kept getting behind that defence. To be honest, I think as soon as I saw Man City line up with fucking Ake and Garcia, mate, in his, in his Christian Kivu, you know, tribute <laughs> helmet, I was just like... And, and the worst thing about it is it's a different shade of blue to their fucking kit. Yeah, like, come, come on. on. Mm. Um, dude, as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, Vardy could feast here. And he did. And he did. He feasted. Southampton, West Brom, 12 o'clock. Oh. Two 12 o'clock kickoffs. Christ. Southampton. Um, Didn't they pick up their first win? They did, yeah. Danny Danny Ings still banging goals. Yeah, scored against his former club. I thought he might do that, and he did. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. What are we saying for this here? Home? Are we all going home? Uh, West yeah. Brom got spotted a free goal head start on Saturday and couldn't see it through. Mm. And they also struggled. Well, they had leads against Everton, and well, a lead. Yeah. yeah, I mean, ultimately, the, when they played against you, they did take the lead and then they did go down to 10 men because tough man, Kieran Gibbs, got into it with Hamas. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, Arsenal, Sheffield United. I want to speed up because we're, uh, we're getting out of that time zone that I want to be in. <laughs> um, and you, I'm sure you want to watch Chelsea as well. I mean, I am. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sheffield United have got no points this season and it's great I'm happy about it second season syndrome is a kick in the arse isn't it Um, they weren't bad this weekend for what it's worth they just uh, Leeds just did enough I think was was kind of the case and they missed their opportunities They, they had their moments and they missed them and last year I don't think they were missing those crucial moments um Arsenal this, this, this is where we're going to really get a clearer indication as to what Arsenal are this season right we we, we said look Liverpool Dude I've been saying this for since Arteta came like I fine park the bus all you want bruv but it's very easy to tell you that's a very simple tactical instruction to do that in my opinion um and break quickly use your abilities of pace you know let's see 
what he does. He's up against a, a Sheffield United that play an interesting system, um, you know, not as effectively as last season. Um, let's see how Arteta tactically deals with it and whether Arsenal can be on the front foot for 90 minutes instead of playing counter-attacking football. So you back in Sheffield United on that basis? No, I think Arsenal will win because they've got, they've got a Bamian. Yeah, give, give me the team that has the goal scorer. This is it. Uh, this is what I'm well, looking at. Well, there you go. There's a tactic then for you while you play. Well, yeah, it. yeah, and it, it is the it tactic. It is simple, but it is effective. But, oh, dude, I, nah. I know, I know what angle you're coming from, but yeah. So we'll save that topic for another day. Uh, okay. I'll give you two minutes on Fulham just because we need to talk how shit they were. So it's Wolves Fulham, uh, two o'clock kickoff on oh, Sunday. It's, this is the, this is the Lee Collard game, night. isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah. The Lee Collard derby. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fucking Fulham. Who's that guy that we were talking about? Uh, Adoy? Oh, yeah, man. And Reem. Oh, oh, Adoy no. and Reem, man. Oh. That defence. Oh. It's, it's, it's like watching a car accident. They have no idea. The amount of times that Villa would... The ball would go in the box and it's like, well, they're, 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 they're queuing up here. They literally like, had like two at the back, weren't they? Just waiting to... Where, is the def- where are the defenders? Why are they not defending? They, they, another one of the things that Keane and Carragher pointed out is that all they do is just point to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part. They're doing the Gilfie, mate. The Gilfie Sigerson. It's a team of Gilfie Sigersons. Honestly, mm. dreadful, ghastly performance. But just, oh, horrendous. I mean, they're down. They are down. Oh, they yeah, they're are finished. Down, down, down. And what did you hear? What Tony Khan said on Twitter? No. So Tony Khan, yeah. obviously the AEW owner, yeah. uh, came out on Twitter and basically, um, you know, like how he does with AEW, where he's quite um, he's quite communicative with the fans. Yeah, and yeah he, he likes to be engaged, says, doesn't he? We we are doing this, and like fans will ask him a question, like why did you do, why did this person win? And he'll explain why. He'll just get, he'll just tell them, and he will interact with fans. Doesn't work for football, mate, in the Premier League. No, that doesn't work at he all. Came out and because he basically came out and said, look. We want new defenders. The first two defenders we were looking for both got coronavirus. The third one was on a free and he decided to go somewhere else. And basically he's like, um, and like there, there were like four defenders that they had lined up. The fourth one just get, didn't materialise. Right? And then, then a fan goes to him like, what, so you're just going to get the fifth one then? Like the fifth choice. And he's like, well, yes, unless one of the two of coronavirus is recovering time. And it's like, and Carragher called him a clown on uh, Monday Night Football. He just basically said he's a clown. Like, what are you doing? And like the host, the host was like, well, he's trying to communicate with the fans. That's something that obviously... And being honest. That's yeah. something that like is missing from... People, um, people moan about you know, the, the fans clubs disconnected from any, their clubs, right? People like being lied to. That's why we've got Brexit. This is it, right? And But I, I can see it from both ways. Because on one hand, I love the fact that he talks... I thought that was. Yeah. I didn't see too much wrong with his comments. No, not the only thing I'll say is is that if you're trying to instill confidence in your current centre halves, Michael Michael Hector's seeing that and going. That's not his problem, though. Is like it? the fifth choice is going to come in and get rid of me. All oh, right, I must be fucking shit. <laughs> like that is a bit of an issue, but realistically, they have been absolute shit, and they deserve. They to be. weren't the team that should have come up. No, everyone knows it should have been Brentford. They didn't manage to. Fulham came up. They're that classic team that had come up too early and they're just finding life extremely hard. They've got a worse team than they did when they were up last time. Yeah. Look how Significantly that worse as well. So we've all got Wolves for this one then, even yeah, though they've got yeah. this 4 is, this is by a West Ham. big pick-up for Wolves as well because... Yeah, it's uh, perfect game. You know, that, was, um, that must have been quite devastating to lose like that to, to West Ham of all teams. So they, they needed something to sort of bounce back and, and find their mojo again. 
Yeah. Big game this one, mate. Big game. Half full kickoff Sunday. Man United versus Spurs. Oh my god, I love it. The Mourinho derby. Yes, like Jose. Jose would have circled this one. It means more to him. This one. Uh, will Bale make his debut? I have no idea. No idea. Because so. I don't think he's playing tonight. I didn't. He's see not available team. in fantasy football. I know that because I checked it out. Has he got to sort of do some 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 sort of isolation? I don't know what's going on. No, uh, actually, no, no. I actually think he's injured. I remember reading that on fantasy oh. football. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Gareth Bale's injured. <laughs> I know. Shock. Uh, yeah, that re- strenuous re- golf swing, mate. That's the <laughs> Regulon's playing tonight for 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 Spurs as well. For what it's worth. Um, All I think of when I hear Regulon's. <laughs> regulate regulate it took a moment didn't he yeah, um, yeah. K- K- Kane's in banging form but if Sonny's out and he ain't got bail who's he passing to Lamella yeah um, I'm fencing him by the way on this one it's, United it's, home it's, it's strong yeah. he's Man United at home I, I swear that Mourinho's got a lousy record against his old teams Honestly, I have no idea what to say. I don't really know. Yeah, let's have a quick thought about Man United. Obviously, you jammed a win at the weekend. Um, Everything that you said last week on the pod is relevant in that game. Yeah, um, and I've got uh, a friend of mine who's a Man United fan on Twitter. Uh, you know, <laughs> very much Ole in. I, 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 I read it and I, and I, I just can't... Fa- he's defending him, right? And the, all I can think is he's defending him like he's talking about like Prime Fergie. How dare you talk ill of Prime Fergie like that? And everything he's achieved in the game, give him time. I just, I think it's absolutely baffling. Um, again, I just look at it, and much like you said, Blampard's, you know, me and two veg football. Um, well, Solskjaer is basically gruel football. It's what it is. It's prison football. It's just, it's just. Oh God, I must be in purgatory having to watch this. Like, thank fuck, we have talented footballers like Marcus Rashford, who. Even though he has no tactical instructions at all, can pull a goal out of his ass. You know, Great Fernandez can well. ping it down the line to him and he can just do that. Thank fuck for that because Pogba's still playing. He looks fucked. Um, your coronavirus, what are you playing, son? What are you doing? Is it also a tactical thing in terms of he's not played too deep? Yeah, he's playing far too deep. I just don't get it. I just he's don't. not influencing the game like you would He's like not doing it. Again, we're stuck with this 4 2 3 information. It doesn't suit this team. It doesn't suit the players. I know that I get that we've now got, we've got a fit Brenner Fernandez in there somewhere, but Fernandez played a lot in centre midfield for both um, his old team and he played centre midfield for us last year at times. Like, just play him at centre midfield. He's all action. He never stops running. He gets stuck in. Just play him there. Have one, if you can have a sit, like, we, we are so reliant on, on like, this illusion of having the Matic position because he replaced Carrick. And for yeah. some reason, it seems like Carrick is like, has been the most vital Man United cog of the last 20 years, where we must have this slow, tall player dictating play. There is one man that was good at that. It was Andrea Pirlo, and he wasn't very tall. Right? We don't need to do this football. We don't need it. We don't need to try and play this football that we, don't, we can't do. I don't get it. Just He doesn't have another tactic. I don't even know what his current tactic is. We have no identity, no patterns of play. I've been through it a thousand times on this show. I'm not going to go any further. But basically, I think we're going to struggle and I think it's going to be a really, really shit game of football. So is that fence-sitting or away? I'm fencing. You're going to draw. 
Mr. Woods, I'm struggling with this one a bit. I am because I thought Spurs are actually really good against Newcastle for the first half. Um, but like, then again, like Fulham, we can all look good against Newcastle. <laughs> and they were really good for the second half against Southampton. But but the problem is, is that they look good in both those moments with Son on the field. And if Son's not playing, I think it just changes everything for that club. Because uh, I, I I feel that there's no one else that can do what he does and with that in mind I think Manchester United will, will win it I think I think that there's going to be there's just going to be one magical moment or maybe a penalty or something um, and United will take it interesting Man United fan picks Man United okay and the last game is 7.15 on a Sunday so no Monday night football we've got Villa Liverpool I'm assuming we're all just going to go Liverpool Liverpool here. we've discussed Liverpool Villa have been quite good on their yeah. season Given hey, that. look! They they made some positive signings um, in the summer, and I think they're going. They, I think Even Jack Grealish was probably the biggest. Massive, signing. massive, 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 massive. I think they were done a massive favour by um, basically United signing Van der Beek, which ultimately iced them getting involved. And I don't think anyone else was um, going to pony up the money that that Villa demanded for him. And I think that there's probably a nice little pay rise for him and probably an agreement in place that should a Champions League team coming for him next summer he's allowed to leave I'm sure that's probably something along the lines but it works for Villa this season um, it's a big season for them because this is like the let's cement our place back in the big let's, league let's be a Premier League team again yeah and I think they've gone about it better than they did like, look last summer they had to go uh, scattergun approach and to sign a whole load of players I think they've been a little bit better this this summer with their approach um, and I, think I think signing the striker in Ollie Watkins yeah. having just a striker is, is a good thing it's a massive plus did you know um, that guy that Samata they signed in, uh, in January yeah, he's already been shipped out yeah see you later <laughs> gone fucking hell 10 million they spent on him gone already but uh, yeah we've all gone to Liverpool um, let's move on winners and chumps I'm going to go to you Mikey for a winner for a winner you say for a winner you say riding that time was that the old winner there <laughs> The winner of... Say that again? Just the winner of the week. The winner yeah. of the week. So I had a chump of the week ready, not quite a winner. Um, winner? Oh, okay. Um, not winner, winner. What, what, sorry? <laughs> no, I will say Jamie Vardy. Um, the, um, they say you cannot teach an old dog new tricks, but I tell you what, he is... Um, for someone who doesn't appear very intelligent, he's a very, very intelligent footballer. Um, the, the, the way he's changed his game as he's gotten older has been... Um, it's been, and I've never liked Jamie Vardy, but it is a privilege to watch him. Like, he manages he, his energy a lot. He better manages now. his energy so well, and the runs he makes are so clever that, like, he's always he's always on side. You know what I mean? When it counts, um, and he's got a team that are basically built around using utilizing space behind the forward line, and he does it better than anyone in the league, pretty much. There's a reason um, why he wins so many penalties as well, and as you mentioned, he also scores goals, is because he gets goal side of the defender, and then yeah. does that thing where he just kind of puts his body into the defender, and then kind of I don't want to say flop. It's, it's but the he wins penalties very well. It, it's the uh, Seymour Skinner bending over, and Bart Simpson's going to throw the big tomato at him, where he's basically <laughs> shaking his bum. That's what Jamie Vardy does when he gets goal side. It's it's quite amusing, but um, yeah, I'll go Jamie Vardy. I'll go Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I, with, with Jamie Vardy, I, I still think I'm. I'm underappreciating how good he actually is as a footballer. That finish, man. Same. The finish uh, where, where obviously, the, again, the perfectly timed run to the front post, the deft flick deft of his touch, heel. Yeah. Like, people look at that and they go, oh, it's a really nice, it's a good trick. It's the run. The run is yeah. fucking perfectly timed. 
he reads the game so well and it's um you know I, i've got to give mad props to him what was he fleetwood town right yeah, yeah i think you're right halifax before that i think yeah and um it's a really good story and um yeah good good for him basically hit me a winner woods and then i'm going to decide between the two Oh, that's unfair. <laughs> Carl Darlow, uh, Newcastle's goalkeeper. Yes. What a performance. I know that the Leeds keeper got a lot of plaudits this weekend and he was very good, but Carl Darlow just blew my mind. Like, Newcastle lose that game by five uh, mm. without him between the sticks. Um, so, you know, the, the fact that they came away with a point in the end uh, was all down to their goalkeeper, really. Okay. Um, I feel like I should offer a different one because I don't really want to pick between the two. Um do I just go James Rodriguez again because I love him so much? And I think that's probably your default answer now from now be, until the end of the season. It should be until, yeah, basically he fucks his leg and is out and then Everton crumbles. Don't tempt fate, Lee. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing this. Um, do you know what, no, I, I've, I've, I find it hard to disagree with Mike. Yeah, look, Jamie Vardy banged uh, a hat-trick against Pep Guardiola. Twice he's done that now yeah. as well. So it's not often you score two hat-tricks against Man City. And, like there's, and Guardiola's only conceded three hat-tricks in his career against him and two of them are Jamie Vardy. Ooh. There you go for that. The other? I have no idea who it is, by the way. But I have to find out who that is. <laughs> I'd love it if it was Messi. But I don't think it is. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with Chumps because we just mentioned him. Pep, Pep Guardiola, basically. Um, love yeah. it. Just, just, I've just... I don't know. I felt like when I was watching the game, once they fell behind, I never felt like they were going to get back into the game. Um, whether, that, you know, we've questioned you know, the personnel on the pitch, but just tactically, I just felt like they they kind of almost a little bit clueless. And I know that's probably a bit maybe extreme to say about a Man City team, but they kind of get up to the box and I appreciate they don't have a striker or an out-and-out striker, but they kind of work it around the box nicely, but there's sort of no sort of final input and it just seemed to be on repeat mode and then basically because they were so high up the pitch Leicester just counter-attacked every time and I thought it was quite glaringly obvious and he didn't seem to pick up on it so yeah my one's Guardiola Mike? I had a chump and now for the life of me I can't remember who the fuck it was which is quite annoying no no I'll go go for mine I'm just going to go for uh, Morpé yeah Uh, (laughs) because it was basically I had to choose between him and the Fulham defence um, I've gone for more pay because it's more amusing to me because it happened obviously against my team don't celebrate a goal by I mean the, the Penenka was obviously delightful don't celebrate a goal with that and then and then be the guy it's, it's almost like the Gerard slip right yeah and for that reason he's my chump of the week Woods Marcus Alonso I was going to say the Premier League um, because of obviously all this handball debacle but it seems that maybe they've rectified this already but Marcus Alonso who uh, had 45 minutes to forget still not the worst uh, performance I've ever seen in a Chelsea shirt that still belongs to, to Moy Bakayoko against Watford um, but yeah Marcus Alonso for his on-field and then subsequent off-field behaviour on, on Saturday and ultimately securing a move from, from Chelsea to uh, new pastures somewhere mm, Fair enough um, Well I guess we should start saying our goodbyes um, but before we do that obviously we need to do the whole platforms and where we're available which I believe is iTunes Mikey give me one Spotify and Woods give me one I think I said Podbean last time just keep saying those keep three saying we'll, we'll, be, we'll, all, we'll all be good um, Woods will hopefully be tweeting you know he's got a, a Chelsea team to watch now but uh, I'm sure you're going to be tweeting about it so if you want to see any Chelsea tweets check them out <laughs> oh yeah and I mean then, ultimately yeah. Timo Werner scored you know that, that, 
that's that's a lot of weight off my mind. Put a smile on your face. He was about to come out of my fantasy team, by the way. So he came out of my fantasy team in the first week. Yeah, I was disappointed. I fucking captained him. Yeah. But West Brom, easy money. No, it should, it should have been. It should have been. Yeah. But yeah. Let's not bring up fantasy football in front of Paul, Mr. Woods. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, can I give you? Can I? Can I give you one more story very quickly? Very quickly, go on in. I was at home at the weekend, as you know, and uh, my old man comes up to me and he goes, "Hi, right, well, so what are you doing with uh, fantasy this year, right?" Uh, and because I, and, I was doing it in the, on Saturday morning, and I was like, "I'm doing oh, yeah, fantasy football, Dad." And he was like, "Oh, uh, can you have a look at mine? So, see, you know, see, make some suggestions." And I was like, "Yeah, okay then." And I so I, I sat down with him for, and we're getting like near eleven, right? And I'm like, "Well, we've got to do this quickly, right?" Because the the, the cut off date's here, right? So he makes wholesale changes. Right, wholesale changes, and um, what spending the uh, the, the points? Yeah, yeah, because because he's going to play the wild card. All oh, right, okay. Right, and it's uh, ten fifty nine, and I say to him, Dad, like you got to do it now because hit, hit the confirm button. Didn't didn't check wild card. Oh, how many points did it cost him? Um, I think he's on zero points now. Oh, bless him. I know, I felt, I, my, my heart sank for him. Honestly, my, my heart sank for him. I was like, oh no. The funny no. thing is as well, we, we, we spoke about it at the beginning of the season when we was look, I was looking at the league and I was like, oh, good old Dave Carden Edwards, always, always plugging away every year, always puts a team in and never, never really does anything afterwards. And then the poor man goes to do something and just ends up costing him shitloads of points. Yeah, I felt, I really did feel bad for him. Like, it was, uh, it's just like, oh no, I like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I, I feel, on that I feel horrible friend. note for Mr. Mr. Cardinal Edwards, I'm sure he probably doesn't listen to this, but, you know, our thoughts are with you during this horrible time and uh, we'll have to say goodbye. <laughs> Hasta luego. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.